Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, your main man, aka Crazy Crockett, aka Andres Podcast. Today, I'm just gonna be honest with you, folks. It's not gonna be good news, right? Uh, besides the fact that I usually talk about sports and games and stuff like that, uh, celebrations or defeats or whatever. Uh, as most of you guys know and girls know, that there was a mass shooting at at, uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Celebration parade for the victory to win the Super Bowl. Uh, 23 people are, are, are involved in that shooting. Um, 20, uh, the one died. Uh, it's a DJ from Kansas City. She passed away with a uh, gunshot wound. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, the Denver Nuggets celebration. There's another uh, uh a gun shooting as well. Uh, these so-called shootings are questionable based on gun control or, or, or any type of mental illness. Uh, but I, I, I do think that, I do think that, um, that we as Americans um, go with a lot of assumptions. And it, it seems like the research that I've done today, this morning, myself, it seems a little uh, a, a, a questionable as I've started. Um, but I, I, as I'm looking at this research, and I remember when I was um, out of high school and uh, the shooting of Columbine in, in 1999, um, it was pretty horrific it was pretty bad it was pretty disgusting and that in itself when you see video of these two kids uh running around shooting students everyone in itself thought it was a mental illness and uh lack of responsibility and uh at that time the parents did not have to take responsible uh for the kids action but recently in the oxford a case of that kid that went to school and shot four students in high school and killed him. Uh, his parents are now, his mom was uh, put in um, into court. She, uh, she testified as a not guilty, but it come to find out that she uh, told her son do whatever you want to do as long as you don't get caught. That's the key, right? And it's finally that it's finally that we are prosecuting parents. And a lot of people say, well, I can't watch my kid 24-7. I'm not at work. Well, of course you are. And thank God that you are at work, and I appreciate it. Um, but to tell your kid to not get caught or not to to be held responsible for other people's feelings or life is a bit of an insult. And her husband will also be prosecuted and be charged for, for taking responsibility for his son. And as a man, you think that you show your sons more responsibility with guns and gun control and how do you handle a gun and when to use a gun. But I really think that as a father, if you do have a gun and you choose to have a gun, you, you're supposed to teach your kids 
the guns are at the last resort are for self-defense. If someone's coming at you at your home or anywhere, well, especially when you're at home. But I think one of the biggest issues that we have, or that I have at least, is that in some cases we don't hunt, we don't fish, we don't teach kids the responsibility of cleaning the gun or making sure the gun's not loaded while you, when you do clean it or when you're not using it. Uh, when you teach someone how to hunt and fish, you teach them how to uh, gut the deer or gut the rabbit or, or whatever food that you decide to eat. And, and that food that you're supposed to eat is supposed to replenish your, your stomach, your, your gut. And those kind of aspects of, of, of having a, a gun or a hunting has been thrown out of the window. And it's because that we don't hunt no more. We have all kinds of food in there and there's huge grocery stores and God bless America that we do, that we don't have to go out hunting. But in some ways we are in a, in some ways we got things a little bit too easy. And, uh, and going on to that, in 2024, uh, there's been a report of, of six mass shootings, 56 people involved, 20 people dead, and 36 injured. And that's a number that's very high. I mean, it's, it's been high forever. Since whenever color buying is, and to, to to be honest with you, we used to only have postal workers go crazy, or people at work go crazy, but to have average Americans to celebrate a victory, and this tells you, to me, this tells you one thing for me, is that sports is becoming unrelevant to most Americans, and. You think like 50 years ago or 25 years ago, if your team won the Super Bowl, you wouldn't start a fight with your friend in the middle of the of the parade, and then end up shooting each other or acquaintances over 20 bucks or 100 bucks or any type of deal that you made because you're at the parade of your favorite football team winning a Super Bowl. Or winning a World Series, or winning the NHL Stanley Cup, or win, or 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 winning the NBA Finals. But sports is not relevant in the way that we are brought up to be. Sports is starting to take a back page, back door, uh, a back seat. There you go. Found the words I'm trying to say. So. The real question is, where is all these people, all these guys coming from who are doing these mass shootings? And, you know, I was looking at uh, the uschamber.com at workforce slash, or I should tell you the, the website. So it's called the uschamber.com slash workforce slash understanding slash America slash labor slash shortage. And this was uh, publicized in 
February 14 of 2024 by Stephanie Ferguson. And in 2004, we have 7 million unemployment and 3.5 million jobs. And then in 2024, we have 6.1 unemployment and 9 million jobs out there. By, 20, by 2022, you go back to the back seat a little bit, two-thirds or 66% lost their jobs because of COVID. And then those people went back to the job site, but it's only part-time jobs or no jobs. And then you go back down here for another 26% will never essentially go back to work because the way that their welfare and the way the unemployment works or how you, people that don't want to go back to work with welfare or Section A or, or any of that. And 49% will not try to take a job that is not remote job. So almost 50% of people out there Instead of going to a workplace, to a warehouse, or to an office space, they said they won't, and they're they're never going back to another office job unless it's at home, so it's convenient. A lot of sometimes the statistic is based on child care and child support or child uh, watching your kids, right? But to be honest with you, how can you get your job done if you're at home and your kids are acting up? I mean, especially if you have to talk to clientele over the phone or insurance or anything like that. That doesn't make any sense. So in 2021, 2022, 17 people retired, 17% retired, uh, 19% of them were homemakers, 14% went back to part-time, 24% uh, are living on government packages and were not returned to work. And and if you look at 55 years and older, the workforce retired, and 48% of those people in the quarter of 2019 retired. By 2021, 50% of the people retired. And employees quitting their jobs in 2024 was 2.5. In 2024, it was 3.4. So people just quit their jobs and never go back. I mean, I mean, I, I, and this is what astonishes me about that statistic. Like, I get it. You think that you're never going to have what your parents had or your grandparents had and everything is becoming more difficult and buying a house is more difficult and I, and I get it, the interest rates higher but I'm going to tell you the truth ladies and gentlemen if you have an able body if you got two good hands and two good legs and your brain works 80% of the time and the 20% is just Maybe a little disappointment or a little anxiety or depression. You, you're going to need to just have a little, create a little toughness. And I was talking to a 22-year-old girl at a coffee shop. And uh, 
she works there full time and she lives in an apartment with her roommate and they both roughly the uh, two room apartment is about twelve hundred and sixty eight dollars or whatever and she and they split it but here's the thing she's telling me that she has so much stress so much anxiety so much everything that she refuses to go outside her apartment and socialize with people and she declares that 50 years ago my generation my dad's generation told men and women to ignore their feelings and just get along with it just go just do it just live your life and just do it and her generation it's about every aspect of your emotional support. So you have to find that support, according to her. But in reality, is this. You can only go so far until you get people to, who won't feel sorry for you. Because I'm a person with a disability. I'm a person that doesn't collect disability. I'm a person that works full time. I'm a person that pays rent in a one room apartment for almost a thousand dollars. But you know what I do? It's like I get I get along with it. I just get I keep moving because I don't think people realize that if I decided to just completely quit trying and completely stop going to work and sat around and said to myself all the time and I do feel bad for myself if I had a left hand I could be doing all kinds of jobs and I could be working two jobs or I could be working if I had a left hand I could just go to any warehouse and work in the warehouse and make 18, 19, 22 bucks in an hour and if I had the rest of my one third of my brain to work two thirds of my brain works but one third of my brain doesn't work so well and that one third of my brain that doesn't work, you know, it's that part of the brain is based on cognitive thinking, catching on to new, to new ideas, to new well not ideas but to new lessons, to new mathematical, uh, uh, anything that's new based on what you have to learn. So if it's geometry, math, or any like figuring out how something works. I have a little bit of a problem of understanding that right away. So I do have a disability. But you know what? I, I'll be honest with you. If I, if I decided not to try to go and find a second job or, or keep working where I am, and I just quit and didn't try, my family would definitely, you know, they would look out for me in a way, but they most definitely would put me on disability. And disability only pays like $786. Okay. And yes, I know my apartment complex would be somewhat different um, of the payments. But maybe I would get maybe $200 or maybe 75 bucks of, uh, of uh, food stamps. But if I would to live if my 
if my apartment complex decided to say, well, no, guess what? You're going to be put on Section 8 because your brothers and sisters decided to do this. And, and we're going to let you live here for $450. So now you only have about 320 bucks. And let's say I want a cable TV, but let's say I want to go outside. And let's say I have a car and I have to pay insurance. But to be honest with you, I couldn't have that car. I couldn't, I couldn't have extra cable TV. So what would I do? I probably would go out drinking more, right? Or I'd probably go out more, but I don't have friends who are in their 40s and who like to go out every night. And going out every night is quite expensive. So to me, I think the people who are in their 20s and their 30s, you guys got lucky. You guys live together. You can get full-time jobs. Your generation, I know in 2010s, in that era, a lot of college kids finished school, but a lot of them went on vacations, and they didn't wait till they're 50 or 60 years old to save all their money. Now all these millennials are actually trying to buy a house, but now the houses are so much, so, so much. Now we got Gen Zs who, com- who complain about feelings our generation cares about feelings well yeah you can care about your feeling but caring too much and feeling sorry for yourself can be a big bad thing too and I know that I'm kind of coming off a little hard and harsh but you know what if I did that I'm telling you the truth ladies and gentlemen if I did that my whole life and felt sorry People would have just thrown me in an instant. People would have thrown me in an institution, an adult foster care. My parents would have thrown me in an adult home, have me sit there, and I would come out every once in a while. To be honest with you, every once in a while I'd go out with the community or with other disabled kids or people, and we'd be in a van going to the library, going to the movies every once in a while, and then I'd be staring at all the normal people who are out and about going out to eat with their spouse and their wives or their husbands or their whoever they're dating. And that sucks. You know, it really does suck just being by yourself. But I can't, I can't afford feeling sorry for myself. I just can't do that because it's a dangerous role for me because the moment that I let my guard down is the moment when the government can really tell me where I'm going to go and live. Or what my siblings going to tell me where I live. Right? Look, I'm never going... I will tell you the truth. I don't, I, I, I don't want anyone to be in that situation. So when I read the statistics of the HopkinsMedicine.org of mental health disorders, uh, 26% of Americans from the ages 18 and up suffer from some form of mental disability or disorders. Uh, One in four adults, I guess. Uh, It seems as though that the depression occurs with substance substance abuse and anxiety disorders. Women seem to be likely to develop more 
may suffer more, more major depressions. Men and women both are likely to to develop a bipolar disorder. You go angry, go mad, go happy, go lucky. Goes back and forth. Bipolar. I got a friend of mine who has bipolar, and I may have another friend that might have bipolar, and they show sometimes they show that type of behavior. One of my friends doesn't do that doesn't show it and hides it pretty well. But my other friend, he does, he does, he does show it pretty well. And I may have it too, because I could go mellow out, and then when things don't go quite well at work. And then people change things and change rules I, without letting me know. I can get all upset. But I don't know if I have bipolar. So, so it seems like the major depressions develop within people who are in the mid-20s. Which I think is kind of weird to say that. Because if you're, if you're, in, your mid, if you're in your mid-20s, and you are suffering from any type of depression. That seems kind of young. And I get it. You can, I guess I get it. Your mom and dad have some form of expectations of you. Uh, going to college. Graduating with a master's or a PhD. Or finding someone to love and get married and having kids. Or that mid 20 year old life but if i remember most people don't get married now until they're in their mid 20s so you're finding someone to love you're finding some relationship and you're depressed you'll be according to me you'd be the luckiest man alive if i was in my mid 20s and i was hanging with with all my friends all Couple of black guys, couple of white guys. We went to clubs. We went, we would go to clubs. I, that they would pick up girls. I would try to pick up girls. I wasn't really good at it. You know, I was just the guy who was disabled. I have a limp left hand, and the women didn't want that. But you know, I should be depressed, okay? But I'm telling you, if you're in your mid twenties and you feel depressed. I question your, not your mental state of mind, but your aspects of what your, or what reality is, or your expectations. If you think that you're in your mid twenties, that you're supposed to be a, a, uh, a broker in Wall Street, or some guy that owns a couple of huge businesses or stocks and whatever, and you're supposed to have a yacht and a couple of nice cars. That doesn't usually happen. And I know in my generation, it was the guys who were like in the mid-40s and the 50s and sometimes 60s that would finally get a nice car and then finally would get a nice house. But usually it's because of hard work. Because they put their time into it. They, they did what they were supposed to do in their 20s. They moved up the ladder. They went up. And they associate with other successful people. And then they got promoted. In my case, you know, people were not going to promote me. Maybe the confident problem I have. But I know that my education was not great. I went to a private school. But I'll be honest with you, a lot of my parents helped me out in high school. 
a true story. But if you're in your mid twenties and you you got a major depression, the only people that people that I think that should have major depression are people who seen in their youth a physical or mental uh, 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 abuse. I think if you're a child and if you were a child that saw your father beating your mother or you got an angry mother who's drunk slapping your siblings around and counting you and putting everyone down, yeah, you might have depression. I can consider that. Or any heinous crime that happened to you, I can see that. But if you're if you if you got a depression because you didn't get a A minus in all your classes and then you couldn't go to Harvard or Yale, but you're going to Brown University or somewhere in the Midwest, maybe Grand Valley or Ferris or Hope or Kelvin. I mean, you're going to college, you, you're going to get a degree. And not to say that you need the college degree. I mean, we need trade school for people who are not book material, that are hands-on. But to say that you're depressed by the time you're 22 or 25, it's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit much in my point of view. Okay? This other statistic that I'm reading... I can't even pronounce that word, so I'm sorry. That was written in August 7, 2019. Uh, the website is cuimc.columbia.edu.news well, slash news slash understanding uh, slash, uh, well, not slash, but gun violence and mass shootings. And it seems as though is that there's only about three to five percent people who are classified as some form of psychotic are the ones who are doing the mass shootings. Now, clearly, if you're a child who's been around guns or abuse, there's only about five to ten percent of those kids, but those kids there's a there's a CDC youth risk behavior survey of 10,000 teens of 55 different behavior problems in the past 10 years there's only about 5 to 10% of those kids are the high risk of gun problem and gun control and there there is a if they're a higher substance abuse engaged in physical fighting, poor mental health. Those are the kids who are most likely going to carry guns and shoot each other, okay? But I don't, I don't consider, I just think it's just, I think it's irresponsible to, to blame mental illness for everything that happens, okay? And I do agree with these doctors in a lot of these cases that, the media and people uh, questionnaire about when they see a mass shooting that everyone has a mental problem. Well, we all have mental issues. Some of us get sad for a moment. Some of us are get too excited about something that's not worth getting excited about, like sports. Even I'm a victim of that, right? Or a, a, a nutcase about that. 
I want my Detroit Lions to win. Please let them win one Super Bowl, right? But I can't, yeah. But I shouldn't be worked up about it that if the Lions lose, I'm going to be all bitchy about everybody. That's, that's not tolerable. That's not acceptable. Okay? So there's another uh, um, survey about mental health by Harvard Review of Psychiatry. And it says mental illness, mass shootings, and well, the, well, the, what do you call it? The name of the article, it says mental illness, mass shootings, and future, and future of psychiatric research into American gun violence. Richard says the mass shootings are in the case of psychiatric issues, psychopathology, lone shooters. That's not relatively true. So when people say that mass shooters are are psychopaths or lone shooters or lone wolves, that's false. It's usually false. And I think that we got that in a kind of a reference or examples of uh, Columbine and and another shooting. That happened in 2004. Uh, research also says that. That. That blaming. A particular group of people like African American group of people. Or. Or. Or urban black folks or. Country. People. Is is incorrect as well. To blame that, to say that the urban community does mass shootings or sh- or shootings itself is questionable, which means that what you see, oh, is that when you have a community of people in like Atlanta, Georgia, in a more wealthy black community, the mass shootings are less and domestic shootings are more. And the same thing goes for the white communities. There are less mass shootings in a nice white suburban America, but there are much more domestic fightings or abuse at home, and no one talks about it, okay? But the media keeps spilling out bad stuff, okay? So if you look at, If you look at any type of firearms accidentally, uh, well, here, let me read this. So, on the same article on Harvard Review of Psychology, or the same website, it says the firearm accessibility of overarching framework that incorporates social, cultural, legal, or political, but also psychologically aspect of divert a private gun ownership, which I really don't know what that means. But I think what that's saying that you're assuming that people with guns 
or the mass of Americans with guns are violent people. That's incorrect. That's also incorrect. Based on what I just, what I'm trying to read here is what it makes sense. Now, if I look to look at more of my report, ways to move on beyond simple mass shootings or profiling, uh, what we need to do is more research and less media driven. Um, economic economic circumstances, uh, social disadvantages, uh, male adaptive personalities, um, early life traumas, domestic violence, exposure to uh, uh, aggravations, uh, resentment, and similar anger is probably why you have those shooters. Now, right now, I'm not making a lot of sense because I'm reading my notes and and as I'm doing this, I'm learning how to do a podcast. But uh, it says that when people are socially awkward or socially disadvantaged or have a a form of a physical or mental abuse. That adds up. That really does. And it's been proven over and over again in the black community. Okay. But again, no one cares unless unless it's involved in their own community or their own people or affects them personally. So yes, we can say, oh, that's a bummer what happened to Kansas City. But most of us, wherever we live, if we're not from Kansas City, we don't have a family member in that circumstances we don't really feel their pain which is something that we should and uh and people's economic crisis is also an issue so people that don't have jobs or people don't have state IDs and I really do think that I mean I really do think that's the big problem especially in Grand Rapids, is that we have a lot of people that don't have state IDs, that live in a place that is a Christian-based place, but they really don't help them out with the state IDs. They kick them out in the morning. They let them go out in the morning. They tell them to come back, bring like 3 or $5 back. They have to be back in at a certain time. But economic stress, these guys and girls have to go out on the street with a sign just to get back inside. And, you know, they do have, this facility does have a back-to-work back program, and they have a, a, a program that does save them money as they're staying at this facility, this homeless shelter. But if you don't try to help people with stay IDs, and they're the ages of 18 to 25, and you have the rest of your buddies, regardless of the white or black. What else is it going to do? You're just going to drink more? Are you some form of drugs? If you don't even have money to do drugs, you're going to drink more. Because drinking beer out of a 24 can is about two bucks. 
So if you can raise that two dollars to drink a beer, you're golden. But to, but to, uh, but to make it difficult for them to find new jobs and have criminal records, that's got to be harsh. The most harsh thing that you can ever think of. Look, and moving on, it seems as though that 20% of mass shootings have has exhibit mental illness. The FBI, though, from 2000 to 2013, 63 shootings, shooters, 25% of them were diagnosed with mental illness. So was it saying, though, that because men don't reach out for help, they're a, a, a ticking time bomb and they don't get the support? But it's only 25%. So only 25% of the 63% of people who do mass shootings. So what it's saying that out of 63, 63% of 63 people, there's about 40 of them who are not crazy or a psychiatric need or some disorder. They just are just mad for a second. And everyone has lost their temper for a second or two and cussed and swore. I know I have. But those 15 people or 20 people who are 25% who are with a mental disorder, they don't seek help. And it's sad. It really is sad. So, and people that really do suffer from schizophrenia or extreme bipolar or anything like that, they don't usually commit violent crimes against other people. They become more self-destructive to themselves. So our, our lesson of the day is that instead of blaming mental illness and instead of saying that we need more gun control, and I know that that states that have more restriction on guns have less likely of, or have less percentage of mass shootings. But if we take all the guns off this, this country, we would have more stabbings. And, and, Rian, and to be honest with you, we have to do more research. Or do a better job. We don't need more research. We need to do a better job at taking pe- taking care of people's mental state of mind. And, and I think sometimes that when you take away dumb jobs, when I say dumb jobs, I mean jobs that anyone can do without thinking. When you take away those type of jobs from people, their life becomes a living hell. And people are like, what? Well, Americans, we aren't stupid. Well, not everyone wants to think like Andrew Hamilton or Thomas Jefferson. And none of us, most of us don't want to be a leader like George Washington, a president. Most of us don't want that. And most of us don't want to be senators or representatives. And a lot of us don't want to be doctors or nurses. 
all we want to do is go to work. And what we want to do is come home to our families and our kids and have a beer. And that's all that we want. And the simple things in life is much more important. It really is. So sometimes the simplest jobs in the world are great for people. Because they don't have to think. They just have to do. And again, when I say that jobs have left America in the last 40 years from 4GM and refrigerator parts, going to Mexico, those jobs should stay here. They should stay here for the state of mind, the mental state of mind of mankind. They really should. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it. That that we're always going to have more shootings and that there's always going to be problems. But the real problem that we have is that we just don't understand that most people are not highly intelligent. They're in highly intelligent in music or arts or or other things in life like skiing or boating or whatever they like to do. But when it comes down to work and you take that everyday system structure that I get up in the morning at 5 in the morning, I go to work at 6, I come home at 3 or 4, I take a nap, then I watch my kids and eat dinner with my wife or my husband or whoever you want to get married to. And that's the simplest things in life. And that's where I think that a lot of mental problems is coming from. Is that we don't have this connection with people. And especially people with the opposite sex. Look, there's no reason for people to become porn stars. Or be addict to porn, to porn sites. And most people understand that when they get married, yeah, sex is great when you first get married but when they hit 30s and then the 40s sex is still important but it's not everything in their life and people say you probably listen to me right now and say what does that have to do with gun control and mental illness the basis the basic things in life is what's going to make America awesome or America is awesome already but it's going to make it better for everyone and I'm not to say that people should just get married and have kids and and just have sex with their spouse and that's it because it's more of the life than having sex right but for those who need that unconditional love that physical love that emotional connection that physical connection you need to bring that source back and that one of the sources is jobs and i think the reality is this is that people are lonely people are just alone a lot and i'm alone all the time i mean i go to bars and drink with a couple of people here and there and i have a couple of friends that i talk to on podcasts and I don't ever have guests on my podcast, but because I don't know how to go on to the next level, but 
But I like to talk about things that matter to me. And the basis of America is basis around the world is that people need to fulfill a connection with each other and they want to have a source of just income but you'd be surprised how happy and proud people will be when they earn the dollar or earn their income that's a proud moment and there's no shame in being a janitor or some guy that works on doors or whatever. I mean, it's over. It's That's how we take care of mental illness is taking care of people's aspects of happiness. Happiness is very important. Being content is very important. Feeling love is very important. Feeling worth is being important. Having someone come to knock on your door or your wife or your girlfriend, your boyfriend come over and watch a movie with you is very important. Winning Super Bowls and World Series and Stanley Cups and watching Rihanna or whoever or, or, or Usher on TV is not important or Taylor Swift. It's not important for Americans no more. The whole Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley's era has ended. People want more connections with the individuals that they love. So go to work. I know life sucks sometimes, but find people to interact with. And don't worry about what your neighbors have. Or what you don't have. What they do have. Be content. There you go folks. This is my podcast of the day. It's a little different. Uh, I did it by myself. I did everything. Um, I like to thank Spotify. I like to thank Apple Podcasts. I like to thank uh, iVooks. I-V-O-O-X. Any other source out there that has helped me out with uh, Broadcasting podcast. Peace, love, and happiness.